Hi, and welcome to episode 113 of No Crying in Baseball, the I Guess I Need Angels Gear Now episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I have a small advantage. I have angels gear. You do. I have a Pujols t-shirt, which I am very proud of. So I'll, I'll wear that with pride, extra pride from now on. Whereas I have to shop. More on that in a minute. Yeah. You, you know what? One more thing before we do the rundown. I just want to say that our last week's picks were approved by Mr. Potty Mouth. Oh, thank God. Because, How come? Because actually one of my picks, Brian Reynolds from the Pirates, and your pick, Anthony Santander from the O's, we're both on his fantasy team last year, and if you recall, he won the whole thing. He sure did win the whole so thing. So he won it with these two guys from those two bottom-of-the-barrel-ish teams. So, you know, I think we're, we started off well, hopefully. Okay. All right. So we're, we're, we're putting money where Mr. Potty Mouth's mouth is. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's it. Better than putting it where the potty is. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. On today's show, I'm brokenhearted. But I'm bearing up. Yep, it's the Anthony Rendon show. We have new boyfriends on the Royals and the Reds, alliterative boyfriends. And more in alliteration, we have minor league mayhem. Now the threats are coming from major league baseball. And we didn't go to Yachty's fundraiser, but we've still got highlights. Okay, so the news broke this week that my once and forever boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, was signed by the Angels. And I texted my kid who immediately called me and said, Mom, are you okay? I just needed to check. Yeah, yeah. Our, our friend um, from Two Strike Noise podcast texted, very concerned about you. So and a- I attention. That. She's doing, she's hanging in there. I actually, I'm really okay. I'm weirdly zen about this whole thing. I will miss him terribly, but I'm kind of okay with this. Like, I don't, I'm not resentful. I'm, I'm a little sad, but I'm like, I don't, I'm not angry. I'm just, yeah. it's, I'm okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense because it it was fair. It was a fair way to go. And this could be what the Angels need to really turn a corner. I was serious about wanting Angels gear. I think they're going to be super fun to watch right now. And I think one of the reasons Rendon went there is because they really wanted him. Like they felt like they were a good place for him and they really worked for him. They weren't like, oh, hey, he's the best guy. Let's get the best guy. But their owner, um, Art Moreno, has been had a, had an eye on Anthony Rendon since he played for Rice. And That's a long time. I've been watching crazy. him for a while. Um, signed him for seven years and two hundred forty five million dollars, which is the exact same contract that Steven Strasburg got at the same week. And apparently, Mike Trout was so excited to have Anthony Rendon join him that his texts to Anthony had lots of exclamation points, which Rendon said, "See, that's how you know." That's interesting because, you know, Strasburg did appeal to the Nats uh, ownership saying, you know, you can afford this guy, too. He was actually like after he got signed, pushing them toward dealing with for Rendon. And more than that, he actually asked for his deal to be structured with deferrals. So the money could come later to free right. up money now, like st- strategically to help them sign Rendon. They didn't. We will make do. I've got my eye on Chris Bryant. I'm not giving up my love for Anthony Rendon. Well, not for this, but you're going to tell me things that might make me a little angry. But I'm going to be okay. But now I want to trade whoever they want to get Chris Bryant because we ha- we can't settle at right. third base. There's got to be something hot going on at third base. And I would agree with, with Chris Bryant. I think Josh Donaldson's worth looking at. It's not quite as long-term as Chris Bryant See, would it. be. I like Donaldson, but I don't think we get him for long. I don't right. think, I, yeah, he's kind of coming to the end where Bryant's got years. Yeah, there's that. It, it's interesting that you mentioned the backloaded contract for Strasburg because that's exactly what Rendon got with the Angels, that he's making $25.5 million his first year, but up to 38 
in year seven. So I'm guessing that's to free up money for something else. Maybe they have something else in mind. Two things about that. I think Strasbourg has deferrals, which means some of the money comes after he's done playing. Whereas Rendon's, the way you're describing it, that money just comes during the seven years and not deferrals, which is one of the reasons he didn't like the Nats offer, because the Nats were offering deferred money. We're going to pay you money later. Not so much now. But his deal on top of Trout's extension earlier this year make the Angels, surprisingly the Angels, the first team with two players averaging $35 million a year. The Angels. That's going to feel weird to the other players who are probably not even close to that. I mean, I I always wonder about what kind of dynamic that is with, and I was looking at when we were doing the Orioles last week, I was looking through the Orioles payroll, Uh and they are all so modestly paid except for Chris Davis. And it's like all these guys who are busting their butt and then this huge number to this guy. I mean, I feel for him. I know he doesn't mean to be sucking, but it, he's still not like... <laughs> sucking at a Davisian level. Is that the, the phrase we heard last week was right. at a Davisian level? Yeah, there are. It's always a conversation about players being bargains when they get started because mm-hmm. they're making their the, the industry, you know, minimum half a million dollars, which is nothing to, you know shake a stick at but it's not 35 million dollars and then they get paid the incredible made up fake money when they're at the end of their career and probably aren't playing as well as they are when they're making their their half a million dollars a year oh totally like these guys who are getting you know locked in for these huge multi-year deals like trout like who knows when the magic is going to dissipate a little bit i think rendon's um decision to go to Anaheim was interesting compared to the Dodgers. And this is sort of a little bit of the beginning of, you know, maybe there are some reasons why we're going to be okay letting him go. Some stuff that's come up. Um, First of all, he said that he didn't want to go to the Dodgers because of the whole Hollywood lifestyle and the paparazzi that would be following him. They are a very shiny team. And Mm -hmm. all of those guys are celebrities, Right. They, it's a celebrity culture. They are all always on. Yeah, Absolutely. it's that party lifestyle. And he yeah. was, and we've commented a lot before on this podcast. We've been, you know, Rendon fans, you more than me for a while, about how he flies under the radar. And he's mm-hmm. been just like quietly amazing for a very long time. And he wants to continue that, I think. And like, now he can hide behind Mike Trout. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the reason why maybe you won't be so sad to lose him is that he, in all this press conference stuff, he was asked about when he missed the White House visit, which we were sort of cautiously optimistic about at the time. And it turns out that he was really sad to have missed the White House visit, that he said that they had told him it was going to be on Wednesday. And I guess that gave him time between the parade and the White House visit to actually go to Texas and get back. But the way things worked out, he couldn't. So he said he was actually very sad to have missed it. And beyond that, he felt like his no-show there was sort of like a tit-for-tat think with Trump's no-show for the golf date that they had between him and Strasburg and Zimmerman. So these are three nationals who I have been loving and admiring, and they all wanted to have a golf date with Trump. Here's my thing. Rendon hates talking to the press. I think this is his way of saying, stop asking me clown questions, or I'm going to give you crap answers. Please let me have this. Uh, you, no, he actually, please he actually, let me have this. He actually clearly said, I'm from Texas, and we have this political way of thinking in Texas, something like that. Like, That's there's the a royal way. That's Texans. Yeah, Texans. Yeah, I mean, because if the alternative is, if this golf date were like a real buddy-buddy, these guys are all 
behind Trump golf date, that throws Strasburg and Zimmerman under our bus as well. We already, Zimmerman's already under the bus for handing Trump the uh, right. the, the jersey and saying, hey, thanks for making America great. We yeah. appreciate you. Well, this Where Strasburg, Strasburg kind of dished, um, dissed him a little bit. That's true. We we had said that, but he was going to play golf with them. So maybe the diss was in a I think it's I all made up. I think it's all made I up. Feel Let me so, have this. I feel God so damn it. sad about God this. damn it. I know. I know. Well, you know what? We Talk weren't, about something else. We weren't the <laughs> only ones to feel sad about Rendon going or mixed or whatever, mixed maybe emotion. You know, the Trey Turner tweet with him pulling out his t-shirt and kicking it. The t-shirt that says Anthony's my best friend. Yeah. 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 That's that was sad. It was very sad. But a little bit like I thought it was hilarious. Dang. I thought it was hilarious. All right, all right. He did it well. I think Sean Doolittle did it better because he had a baby Yoda who was sort of like stretching off into space saying, Bye, Anthony. Anytime you can use baby Yoda. And, yeah. you know, maybe there's a lesson to be learned there, because if Sean Doolittle can be sad and still love this guy despite all he's done, like, who am I to judge, right? I mean, and Sean Doolittle definitely Does Sean has... Sean Doolittle have his own podcast? That's why he's not allowed to judge. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. He can totally judge all he wants, but he's not. Yeah. You know what? He was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this weekend, and I, I haven't heard it I yet. I know. I haven't either. I, I turned it on just in time to hear the... And thank you, Sean Doolittle, pitcher for the World Series winning Washington Nationals. I like that part. Yeah. There's the homework. There's yeah. definitely the homework. What else is going on out there? Just a little quick rundown, because we could talk forever about all these, but you know what I wanted to do is just list some of the highlights and see if you had any feelings about it. So, you know, Garrett Cole went to the Yankees. Not unexpected. And we had that whole problem with how his hair looked funny. And now that won't be an issue. That's true. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I feel, I always feel really hard about somebody who has long hair and a beard going to the Yankees. Laughing all the way to the bank. Right. 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 Well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Of course, he was the losing pitcher of the World Series. That's right. And the Nationals have retained the winning MVP of the World Series. So For a we'll million see. dollars less a year. Power to them, although yep. they're both Boris boys. Sure they are. Yeah. Boris did well this week. Uh, Bumgarner Bum from the Giants, who I think are very sad to see him go, has yeah. been signed by the D-backs. That's going to shake things up out west. That is true. I have no strong feelings there. Do you have strong feelings about Kluber going from Cleveland to the Rangers? Well, I do have a Kluber jersey. Oh, for yeah. Cleveland, and I will still treasure it. And I just... I feel funny, like Cleveland is saying, oh, maybe we're not going to try so hard this year. Yeah. Because, you know, he's the ace. And now they're talking about, you know, they're still talking about trading Lindor. Yep, exactly. And he, he would fit in with the Hollywood Dodgers. But anyway, so I, Kluber is going to be great with the Rangers. I don't like what I think it might be saying about the Cleveland teams want need to compete. You know, on the same vein, my uh, Red Sox let Rick Porcello go who two years ago was a hero, last year not so much. He's been, you know, on and off, but when he's been on, he's been really on. He's going to the Mets, who are definitely stacking up some pitching there. So if he has a comeback year with the Mets, that's not great for our beloved Nationals. Uh, one I feel good about, though, is D.D. Gregorius, who is my ex-boyfriend from the Yankees, going to the Phillies, which I know is still kind of sucky being here it at Nats fans, but but anything from anything's better than the Yankees for somebody who I like. I really like Didi. He's funny, and I'm wondering if he's going to do that Twitter emoji thing with the Phillies. That's going to be a lot of work. He's going to like redo his whole code, right? Yeah, I mean it was totally intricate, and every player had their own emoji. So the the summaries of the games were awesome. But yeah, that would be. Who do you think? What do you think he'll do for Bryce Harper? 
what kind of emoji would Bryce Harper deserve? Like wow. The, is, is, is there a horse is mane? There, is there some, some hair flippy yeah. sort of imagery. So maybe a horse mane would be a good one. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see what he does. Uh, and one of my ex-boyfriends from this podcast from last year, my Reds ex-boyfriend, shortstop Jose Peraza, is going to the Red Sox. So it's kind of fun that a guy right. that I started checking out, I'm going to be seeing a lot more of. Um, that's the recap. Crap. Recrap. It's a recrap. <laughs> Depending on how you feel about those trades, it might be the first time you hear crap. Or if you've heard it before, it's a recrap of the trades. Of the totally, moves. Totally a recrap. Crap I'm and recrap. Shut up. Oh, no. I wish I could shut up. I no, bet no. you do, too. <laughs> But no, you have more to say. Let's talk about some boyfriends. I had kind of a harder time with boyfriends this time. So our boyfriends, for anybody who's joining us for the first time and you've heard me first throw... First, we apologize because we're a little <laughs> yes. bit out of control. You've heard me throw this word around a little bit. It's a thing we do in the offseason. Each one of us chooses one guy per team because they're special. Not just hot on the field, but they but have also, to... That helps. That totally helps. And I'm learning that. But they have to have something special about it, something quirky or something in their story that sort of drew us to them. And the rules are that we each get one guy per team. We cannot share the guy and we have to get new guys every year except for we get one holdover. We do. And I want to point out that the first year we did this, we had very hard and fast requirements mad baseball skills they clearly loved playing the game and they had something special and this is like you know that was our firstborn and now yes. we're on to like you know okay we've had a couple now and now it's like oh i like him he's fine let's pick him okay yeah also i was very slow to get the memo on the baseball skills and i am you know the bright shiny thing is what catches my attention Squirrel. so it's totally so as soon as i saw as i saw a guy with like something really weird i was like, like a I gatorade cooler fight for instance or yeah that's my guy I'm learning a little bit. I think I don't think I have anything too weird this week. This week we're going with the Royals. And the other thing about this is we start with the bottom of the barrel, the teams that had the worst records last year, and then we work our way up. And we're our third week into this, and we are with the Kansas City Royals, who are turning over a major new leaf this year. Sort of. I mean, they have a new manager, but it's Mike Matheny who is with the Cardinals, right? Wasn't didn't he like get yep. tanked from the Cardinals? He did. So that the jury's still out on how that is going to work. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, don't do that. And I'd be like, oh, he could do. He's experienced. It yeah. might be okay. Yeah, it might be just all about the like the the. I don't know, the karma or the, the way that the personalities mesh together. Yeah. I don't but know. But more than that, they've got more changes at the top, too. They do. They have a new owner. And it's a local business dude and a group that he pulled together. So I, I'm all in favor of local ownership. It's not like a big conglomerate or something like that coming mm-hmm. in and swooping in and buying up the Kansas City Royals. But it's a new start. So I'm hoping there's some good new energy. But I'm going to talk about Jorge Soler, who is... I almost didn't pick him because it looks like he might be mostly DHing. And I know that we get like more points when people are doing defensive things and there's this whole bias against the DH these days, at least in this podcast. Well, it's not a real position, <laughs> okay. but on the fantasy team, you can have a DH. I had Nelson Cruz. I did very well with my DH. That's true. You did better um, than me. Right. All right. Well, I got Jorge Soler. He's 27 years old. He's sometimes in right field. 
I this week um, sort of experimented a little bit bit with trying to find a boyfriend by his walk up music. <laughs> so my first my first pick was Bubba Starling, who I really wish I could have picked you, but he sucked so badly last year. He might not actually be in the lineup this year. But his walk up song was Crazy Train, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, or Black Sabbath, yeah. whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. So. Wow, that's so unusual that a baseball player would use a metal song. Yeah, that almost well, never happens. It, it seems to be more often with pitchers. Yeah, that is true. It actually is happening less and less with position players. Yeah, that is true. Jorge Soler had some serious reggaeton going, which I'm okay with more or less. It's not my favorite Latin music, but it was it was better than um, some of the alternatives. So I went with that. He was originally signed by the Cubs out of Cuba, which you're not allowed to do. So it seems like the Cubs might have had a little bit of shady pre-signing situation going because it was reported that he was signing with the Cubs before he actually had his I don't know, transfer papers from Cuba. So we've talked about this before. Um, and unfortunately, this is still the case that MLB cannot sign players directly from Cuba because of U.S. government regulations. There was a bright, shiny moment where they were going to be allowed to. It lasted about a week. Fuck, yeah. That was like last December or November. And then Trump said, no, that's not going to happen. So it seems like shit like this is still going to happen, unfortunately. He went to the Dominican Republic, as many Cubans do, who want to be found by MLB. But it turns out that actually, Haiti has sort of shoddier requirements with residency papers. So it's very unclear if he so actually... So Cubans who want to come to America, we're here to coach you, apparently, right, right. On, on your path. <laughs> Go to the Dominican Republic, step over to Haiti for the day, get some fake papers, and then get signed. Yeah, the, that's the way to do it. You either need an unblocking license from the U.S. Office of Foreign Assets Control or two permanent residi- residency documents from a new country. Wait, which, do, you, do you have a friend who's an immigration lawyer or I, something? I do, I do. But this is, yeah, actually, I didn't even consult him for this. I, I probably should because maybe this is wrong. But anyway, there was an article like a couple of months before he was signed in the Chicago Tribune saying he was going to be signed by the clubs, Cubs. So who knows what happened? But it was a, a big signing at that time as a 20-year-old. And he, I guess, didn't quite shine as much with the Cubs as was expected. I think there were some injuries involved, and that part I did not take notes at, but he was dig notes on. Um, I definitely need more beer. <laughs> Careful, I'm going to take he notes was, right at you, right, right at your face. Totally am. He was traded to the Royals in 2016 in December, and last year he totally broke out, and he was the American League home run leader. The Royals had the American League home run leader with 48 home runs, and he was not only the first Royal to be the American League home run hitter, he broke Mike Moustakas's record for home runs as a Royal, and he has the record for a Cuban-born player for home runs in a year. And he wasn't invited to the Home Run Derby. And he publicly said, publicly said he wanted to go to the Derby. So I don't understand. Why no Derby? Next year, put my boy in the Derby. Not only that, but he's a nice guy. And, and this is like some of the baseball boyfriend stuff. He was the Equipment Day Ambassador what does that this mean? year. That, I know what that means, means the Royals have an Equipment Day where they sponsor a local high school and collect and donate baseball equipment. And it was for the Guadalupe Center's high school, which apparently has a lot of Spanish-speaking students. So he went and spoke with them 
in Spanish. He also gets the Good Attendance Award. So yeah. as a teacher here, I totally appreciate these things. Along with your ex-boyfriend, Whit Merrifield, the two of them played all 162 games last year. Nice. And they're only the seventh and eighth Royals in history to have done so. In the same season. Look at that. Yeah, so, cool. so things are looking up, maybe, for the Royals. He's subject to arbitration. I'm hoping that everything works out. And uh, and he has his own emoji, a sun and an arm for solar, like solar. Solar uh, power. Solar uh-huh. power. That's the thing. So solar power. power. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I'm going to show All right. now. All right. I picked Hunter Dozier, who is 28, and he plays third base, first base, DHs, and plays right field. He is... A utility guy. His nickname, which I think is required if your last name is Dozier, I think it's required that someone's going to start calling you Bulldoze. That's great. It's just the way it is. The Royals, does, does he go around with no shirt like our Dozier? I found no evidence of that, but my research was not exhaustive. <laughs> All right. I'm willing to put in more time. That's, I would recommend that. He's kind of a cutie pie. I'm just saying. Not that that factors in. Not at all. Except for a little. Mm-mm. He's been with the Royals the whole time. The Royals drafted him in the first round in 2013, and he debuted in September of 2016. Went up and down a little bit. So his actual rookie season was 2018, where he played the whole season. And with um, Ryan O'Hearn in 2018, also a rookie, they were the first set of Royals rookies to have a double-digit double, double digit numbers of home runs since 2003. That's a long streak. So, yeah, so that's that's pretty cool that the two new guys – Hit that well. Um, in 2019, he also led the American League in triples. And triples are damn hard to get. Yeah. So I like it. That that was one of the reasons why I thought, like, this would be your guy. I thought that was, like, a nice, unique stat. It is a unique stat. He also had a real turnaround in 2019. He kind of dipped a little in his rookie season, aside from all of those home runs. But he his turnaround came because he decided to stop worrying. Apparently he had to be banned from the video room because he was obsessive about watching his tapes, watching his swing. Oh, wow. Not, he thought about video games, video. didn't yeah, I you? I was like, well, I've had guys like that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 he was doing too much homework and his coach was like, no, your swing is fine. Chill. Your swing is fine. And so he would tinker with things and he wasn't doing it. So finally they got through to him. So he kind of eased up and- nice took off. He had he just had a career year in 2019. He had his first Grand Slam um, in June this past season. Unfortunately, it was against Cleveland off of Brad Hand, but it was a, it, it was a come from behind Grand Slam and the Royals ended up winning. Wow. Um, he also had a big improvement defensively for a while. They were saying, yeah, we like this guy, but can he really play third because it's such an important defensive position? And he worked really hard. And now he's stuff does not get by him anymore. So that's pretty cool. Here comes the childhood stuff, right? Both of his parents are named Kelly. That's going to get super confusing. So sometimes they call him Big Kelly and Little Kelly, and sometimes it's Kelly Boy and Kelly Girl, which I don't know how I feel about, but, you know, uh, what are you going to do when right. you're both named Kelly? So his he's got a brother and a sister, and they played baseball a lot together in childhood, and they broke windows, they broke ceiling fans, and they put divots in walls of the garage, of the living room, all of this. His dad finally built a batting cage in their backyard when Hunter was 12. Good plan. Let's contain this stuff. And apparently they used it to get, he threw to Hunter all the time after work, after business trips. Like they just, the, the joke was what's going to wear out first, the, the, the throwing arm or the, the batting arm, right? Who's going to get tired first? They played for so long. 
They tried playing again recently, and um, Hunter <laughs> said, "Okay, we got to stop. I'm afraid I'm going to hit the ball through the, you know, the, like the protect, the, oh, little, that protective sure. like barrier they put up, and his dad would like lose an eye or something, so they don't really use that anymore." But he also quarterbacked a really terrible high school football team, and apparently he was decent, but he had like no no line to protect him. And they said, "Why don't you? You should quit because you're going to get hurt, and it's going to ruin your baseball career. Because what you really want to do is baseball." And he said, "I'm not quitting." on my team or my coaches, which is really heartwarming. But then he got hurt and he missed a season of high school baseball. And the problem with that is that was like junior year. And that's when the scouts come around. Right. And so he didn't get offers. Like, you know, his, the other players in the team were getting all these like college offers and, you know, teams were scouting him and all of that. And he got one offer, one college offer from Stephen F. Austin State College, which I have never heard of. And hmm. he took it because that's the one that he got. But he showed up and he rocked it and he became the very first first round draft choice from that college. So it turned That's out amazing. okay. So his mom it was not the person who built the batting cage, but she texts him starting in college, texted him after every single game to review the game. And she said, I know he knows what he did in the game, but I want him to know I was paying attention. That's a good mom. That's I think so that sweet. is pretty sweet. Um uh, the other the the boyfriend things that he does are he um, he runs Special Olympics clinics which I love and he's also involved locally in Big Brothers and Big Sisters in Kansas City and because Turnabout is fair play his two year old son Bodie broke their television by swinging a bat. That's poetic. Let's go to Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati. You have connections there. It's a nice ballpark. You should come to Cincinnati I would sometime. love to. I would totally love to, especially because now I've got a cool boyfriend there. I, yeah, you do. Aristides Aquino, who's in the outfield. He's 25 years old. And he's been with the Reds all along. So I like that sort of like homegrown kind of feel. He was at an international signing in 2011. I think he's from the DR. I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure it's DR. Um, and there's a little bit of the karma with our former former boyfriends there. Karma that, with the pharma. Yeah, there, that's exactly why I fucked that up. Karma, karma with the former <laughs> boyfriends. Oh, I can't even say it. I'm going to totally edit this. Jameson's and tea come out my nose. Maybe I won't edit that. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. He was called up in August of 2018, so not that long ago, to replace my ex-boyfriend, Joey Votto, no. who, that was a hard one to lose. I mean, he's just such a classic red. He's such a good person, Canadian. There's so many good good features. They're but such nice people, those Canadians. They, they are. And but I, when, that may and be stereotypical and possibly, <laughs> is that really race? It's, it's a, I okay, don't know. I don't know. It's, it's stereotypical. North American is good. I don't know. Yeah, well, Votto went on the IL, and so he was called up, but then he didn't play. He didn't debut until he pinch ran for your former boyfriend from that year, the year that he showed up. Scooter. Scooter Jeanette. So actually, I just made that connection right now that 2018 was when both Vado and Jeanette were our boyfriends. This is totally cosmic. I had to pick this guy. He is the first modern MLB player with 10, 10 home runs in his first 16 games. I don't know why 16 is a count, because he actually got a home run in his 17th game. So I'm not quite sure like why those numbers aren't looked at. The important thing is he hit number 11 in Nets Park, and we saw him do it. I do not remember that. I saw him do it. I'm not sure if you were there. Was I there? Uh, maybe. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that. I know, back but, up. but yeah, we saw him hit a couple of homers. Well, on on the 10th, on August 10th, 2019. Wait, 
maybe I didn't change the date. That should be, yeah, th- that is 19. No, I'm totally right. He got uh, home runs in three consecutive innings, oh. which is crazy. And it was his first three at-bats. And it was the same day that Jordan Alvarez, who of the Astros, right, got three home runs in a game. So it was an MLB record for two rookies getting three home runs in one day. How about those stats? He also had the hardest hit home run in 2019, tied with Gary Sanchez of the Yankees and Pete Alonso of the Mets. And so in 2019, he uh, he improved his hitting by opening his stance so that he could see the ball better, apparently. And I guess he got a lot of shit from it in the DR because it was not what he was taught there. It's not how we do it. But Exactly. But it helped him. He is known as the Punisher because of how he punishes the ball. So I'm going to need a new T-shirt. He is also playing right now, actually for just a couple days, maybe longer. He's playing in the DR, and his team is headed, looks like they're headed toward the finals. Unfortunately, it's not the team that I chose a couple podcasts ago, so I had this momentary waiver. He plays for the Tigres de Licey, and they're in second place. And I had chosen the Leones del Escogido because my Willie Castro boyfriend is on that as well. So I have two current boyfriends both playing in the DR, what do I do? That's an embarrassment of riches. It is. I needed a tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker is former boyfriend from the Padres and Padres people who are recently listening to us might laugh at this, Carlos Asuaje, Asuaje. who was banished to Korea for a while, I guess. I think Padres folks aren't too happy with him, but I love saying Asuaje. So he's actually there now. that was reason now. enough right there, Asuaje. So that was reason. So yeah, so I'm still supporting the Leones del Escogido, even though Aquino is on the Tigres del Licey. I also like his attitude about learning English. I am an English teacher of immigrants in high school, and he said, when people start laughing about my English, I feel happier. I want to talk more and more. So he takes it as sort of like a positive thing. He's he going to just come and speak to your class. It. He totally should, right? He seems like a great guy. His he comes from sort of humble beginnings in the DR. His dad was a taxi driver. His mom was at home. He has three siblings. He was married last January, and he has two kids: Dylan Ariel, who's three years old, and Ariani Marial, who's seven months and adorable. I saw her picture on Instagram. So cute. For the Reds, I picked Nick Senzel, who's 24 and plays center field. And for a while, he was playing some infield, and they weren't sure what to do with him, really. And then they signed former boyfriend Mike Moustakis, who's going to take over at infield spot. And so Nick is like, all right, I got center field now. That's going to be fun to watch Moustakis on the Reds. Yeah. Yeah, the Reds are going to be super fun to watch. They have a couple of uh, our former boyfriends there. There's some teams, man. Yeah. We have some teams. Like I can really watch any any game Mm -hmm. now and be like pretty happy. So let me tell you about Nick Senzel. He was the first round draft pick by the Reds in 2016. And because of the Reds record, this was the number two draft pick overall in that draft. So he (laughs) was sought after. He was rated the best pure hitter in that draft class. Pretty nice. He had kind of a... Oh, I want to say trial by fire, but you're not going to like it in a minute because that's a bad choice of words. His parents had a nasty divorce, so he's raised by his dad, so a single dad with two kids. Wow. So it was a little hard on them. Um, 
he didn't make his his um, high school baseball team as a freshman because he had kind of stopped growing. He was five six and a hundred pounds. That's tiny. It's wait, hundred pounds at five six. Yes. What a string bean. Right. So he his dad worked out with him. This is sort of like I've got like a dad theme here, mm-hmm. right? So his dad worked out with him quite a lot, and then the the team that he got cut from got a new coach partway into the season, and the new coach allowed him to work out with the team. So he wasn't on the team. He couldn't play, but the coach could watch him and see how hard a worker he was and see his dedication. And that's a huge testament to personal character to be willing to work out with a team you're not on in high school. That's a big deal. That's right. And then their house burned down. Oh, my God. And he had to be the one to tell his dad because he, a neighbor called him. He had to call his dad, who was not there at the time, and say, our house is currently burning. Totally burnt down. Turn, burned down. They lost the house. They lost the house. Oh, so, my God. I can't imagine. And because this is how the kid was brought up, like this whole hardworking, striving family dynamic, he said anything can happen in life. And it's about the way you handle those situations. And I think we handled it just fine. Wow. So he... Made the team as a sophomore. Um, Reds scouts saw him play in high school while they were scouting an, a different player on the team. And one of them said, he's going to be a good player, but he needs to go to school. Like, he needs to go to college. He needs to play more. But watch this guy. And they did watch him. They watched him for three more years, including his um, MVP year on the Cape Cod Summer League. Yay, right? Cape Cod. What? That's a great place to spend the summer. It's also the premier collegiate wooden bat league. Uh, the entire, yeah. at, least, mm-hmm. at least on the East Coast. I don't know about the West Coast, but at least on the East Coast, that's the place you want to go to get noticed. And the field trip that they always take is to Fenway. They bring of the course. players to Fenway to, to work out. And this is, oh, this is your amazing. Major League Park. And there was a video of him talking about that. It, they, they shot him in Fenway saying that you walk into the ballpark onto the field and you feel tiny. You feel so tiny. And he talked about, you know, he hits his home run balls, go is it left field? Is that where the green monster is, right? So they naturally go that way. And he said he was kind of working his way up the wall. And he had a couple like off the top but couldn't make it over. And he said, I think the wall was getting bigger. It's a hard wall to break. Right. But he's not the only one. So, you know, like this first round draft pick, second overall, a lot of eyes on him. And everybody wanted him to come up. And this brought up questions of service time. Remember, you need a certain number of games, a certain amount of time in the big leagues to start counting it as your, you know, as your time in the bigs. And that's why a lot of rookies don't start till after April, because just enough time to have this not count towards a year of service time. And sure enough, his debut was in May of this past year. Not the opening day. Classic. You know, it was May, just long enough to keep him for an extra year. But the good news is he's now 6'1". And weighs 205 pounds. So now he's regulation athlete size. That is a huge change (laughs) since high school. Double the weight. Wow, that's crazy. Minor league mayhem. We're not letting this go because so much is going on with this whole major league plan to gut the minor leagues. And while they're negotiating like this new long-term contract with, with minor league baseball. And, and we're pretty pissed off. I mean, this just sucks. I'm, it, I'm really pissed. I'm really pissed. And now it's getting super contentious. Now, mm-hmm. now that ever since the list came out of the 42 teams, that made it personal for a lot of people, including a lot of political figures. And I didn't realize that that's 25%. Like, that's a huge proportion. It's a lot. It is a lot. So um, we had mentioned before that there's like a congressional task force. Bernie Sanders had met with Rob Manfred, and now Sanders is back at it. 
um, Manfred had actually gotten super contentious and said, "Oh, I'm feeling I'm feeling attacked." Basically, he tr- he was responding to minor leagues negotiations as feeling attacked by minor league baseball, and he said, "It's still Poor early. It's still baby. early, even though everything we've been reading looks like this is the plan, not the proposal, but the plan." And he actually said that minor league baseball is a take it or leave it attitude. The quote is, if the National Association of Minor League Clubs has an interest in an agreement with Major League Baseball, it must address the very significant issues with the current system at the bargaining table. Otherwise, here comes the threat. MLB clubs will be free to affiliate with any minor league team or potential team in the United States, including independent league teams and cities which are not permitted to compete for an affiliate under the current agreement. He wants to take his ball and go home. He is threatening to cut ties with minor league baseball. It's so fucking absurd on so many levels. A lot I of mean, people are pissed. Yeah, there's so many communities that are formed around minor league. I mean, it's not you're not just talking about owners or players. You're talking about the towns, livelihoods, employment. I was talking about this with my book club, which if you remember from a previous episode, some of them are new baseball fans. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't really care, but I brought this up. I think I mentioned our potential road trip. And one of my my friends said, but wait, aren't minor league ball clubs all about community building? Not a baseball fan, but immediately understood that part of it. She brought that up. I did not bring that part up. I was like, yep. They sure are. Well, that's way smarter than some of like the baseball threads on Twitter where people somebody actually said, well, some of them are just those short term, you know, the the short term season leaks. That's it. That's it. That's the term. So like that's not such a big deal. And it's like, what? I mean, Pulaski Yankees is short season, right? There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. So Bernie Sanders kind of had some reactions to the uh, to the whole um, we're going to cut cut our connection with you all together. It's a little capitalist. Um, he also took some batting practice in an indoor um, turf, like batting cage situation in Iowa. That's brilliant. Because, you know, he is Mr. Baseball. But also, um, Elizabeth Warren, in her capacity as senator, sent a letter to Manfred along with um, Senator Markey um, supporting minor league baseball, specifically the Lowell Spinners, which we talked about before, right? That's you know yeah. local to your dad, right? right? Your dad's backyard. Um, because they're on the chopping block. And so Sanders and Warren are now the two candidates on the Democratic side who have said anything at all about this. Are they the only two? The only two that I, that I have been com- become aware of. That's interesting. I mean, Sanders is definitely active on it. He's put out a huge statement. I thought it was kind of interesting, too, though. I think he was sort of like on this baseball groove. And with the Garrett Cole signing, he basically said, if Cole can make that much money, then we can afford to pay teachers a minimum of $60,000 a year, which I was like, as a teacher, that's really cool. Like, I think that's a fair thing. to. Do you think that's a fair statement to say within the context of this whole baseball situation I that's happening? I think it's a fair assessment of where money lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think the apples to apples as opposed to apples to oranges, we could afford to pay minor league ball players, Right. Because that's the same pot of money. Yeah. But it's not. he's not wrong. He's not he's wrong not. that money exists to pay teachers and minor league ball players fair right. wages. We just, you know. Yeah, maybe he should have said it as minor league ball players. That would have flown better. The the boyfriend that um, your brother and I thrust upon you last year, Daniel Palka of the Chicago White Sox, who I was really enjoying as a Twitter follow, he uh, apparently is a Trump supporter, and he kind of said so in a couple past tweets. But he also 
tweeted sort of a confused look with Bernie's statement. Like, that just makes no sense. It was one of those, I don't know, gifts. Yeah, I said that right. Gift. You, you did say that right. Mm-hmm. Well, confused gift. he's not wrong about the apples to oranges. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have to kind of think through an extra step. And it is. perhaps some of those supporters can't manage the strategic right. thinking behind that. Uh, Trevor Bauer, who um, some of us love to hate and some of us just plain find fascinating, has been tweeting his hate for Manfred by saying Manfred is trying to ruin baseball at all levels and laughing that at least it's like an equal opportunity ruining a baseball. I love it when I'm in agreement with Trevor Bauer. I love it when you're in agreement with Trevor Bauer because it's so (laughs) unusual. Hey, tell us a happy thing. Happy thing. We Well, this is kind of happy and not happy. We missed the Yadier Molina Celebrity Home Run Derby and Softball game. We didn't try all that hard to get there. I really want to go next year. It really seems like it's an annual thing. And they just had a blast. So it was held in Puerto Rico this year. I don't know if this means... It might go to the DR or just that Yachty's doing it, so it's going to be in Puerto Rico. But there were, like, only 10,000 people there. Like a There small- should have been 10,002. Oh, yes, totally, because there were so many stars there. I mean, you name him, he was there, either on the Puerto Rican team or the Dominican team, but they played softball, and they had a blast. And there was a cute clip on camera of Pedro Martinez speaking with Carlos Martinez, Showing him sort of tips on how to hold, how to hide the ball when you're pitching, to sort of you know to so that the batter can't tell what you're going to throw, and just to see that kind of like study and camaraderie and all these guys together uh, in the in the home run derby part, Vlad Senior, Vladimir Guerrero Senior, just went up and I think just hit one home run and then handed the bat to his son who. <laughs> proceeded to just hit one home run after another. A little, little black tag team. Totally. But it was still the softball. And I thought it was kind of funny because I saw a tweet by the Blue Jays themselves that said, Vlad is still hitting a lot of baseballs out of the park. And I just tweeted back because I don't tweet a lot, but I'm, I'm really trying to at least comment on stuff that I have a, somewhat of a clue about. I said, isn't that baseball kind of large and yellow? And they said, tomato, tomato, he's still crushing it. And I, like, didn't quite know how to follow up with that. Because I'm like, tomato, tomato, baseball, softball? No, 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 really. But, yeah, he was crushing it. Nice, nice. I like it. Maybe next. Maybe we just need to plan ahead. Mm -hmm. We need to plan ahead. Um, So what are you doing this week? I'm going to, like, look for some boyfriends on Toronto and San Diego. San Diego's going to be fun for sure. Yeah, hey, we are totally open for DMs, you San Diego people. If you have suggestions, please do some matchmaking. And anybody who's a Toronto fan as well, because I burned Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year, unfortunately. So we definitely need some pointers on both the North and the West. My kid was just in Toronto, but I forgot to assign Cam while you're there, shop for a boyfriend for me because that's a weird oh, thing to ask yeah. your kid to do. It is. There's yeah. this awkward. Yeah. Oh, hey, so where else can people find us on social media? You can follow us on Twitter in my attempts to tweet at NCIB Podcast, but we're also on Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball, and we have a website, NoCryingInBball.com, where you can check out all those past episodes and send them to your friends and family for holiday presents. Oh, what a good idea. Mm-hmm. I like that. Give the gift that keeps on giving once yes. a week on Tuesdays at noon, whether you need it or not. Mm -hmm. There we will be. Until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth. 